Okay, what do I mean by that? You cannot compartmentalize carnality. If you see somebody who's carnal in one category of their life, count on it, they're carnal. If you see somebody materialistic, they're not just materialistically carnal, they're carnal. One of the most helpful statements John MacArthur ever made to me 30 plus years ago, I've never forgotten it. Some TV evangelist had gone off the rails and John said to me, Harry, you cannot compartmentalize carnality. You could see carnality in his life right there. You can guarantee there's carnality in other places. Look for leaking. When you see carnality in somebody, off-color jokes, materialistic, too concerned about the things that are carnal or fleshly, go to movies they shouldn't go to, listen to songs they shouldn't listen to, that's carnality. And carnality is not restricted to one category seen. You cannot compartmentalize it. If I'm a carnal man, I'm a carnal man. Look for leaking. It'll help give you a heads up. Say, you know what? I need to be careful. Some of you as women, sometimes you can get misled by somebody you think you can trust. Look for leaking. Discount what they look like and value more weightedly what you see and hear. Number nine. I'm almost done. I know we're at the magic. Is it noon? That clock's wrong. It looks like one o'clock. What time am I supposed to be done, John? I probably should ask these questions before I get up here. Uh, Is the food going to wait on us, or do I need to be sensitive to that? I only have a couple of more points. You okay if I finish? You all okay if I finish? We're close. Number nine, why do good people do bad things? They're exposed by their ego. Another way to say that, they're hurting in their heart. I just want you to notice the emphasis on the word flattery. Verse 5, the foreigner who flatters with her words. Verse 15, I've come out to meet you. That's flattering. To seek your presence earnestly. That's flattering. Verse 21, with her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. You wonder why the emphasis on flattery? Because flattery inflates the ego. Flattery says, I will tell you what you want to hear to make you feel better so I can get what I want. Flattery sets up to tear down. It builds up to tear down. It sets up to take out. It tells us what we want to hear so they can get what they want at our expense. That's how flattery works. It means to inflate. When our ego is bruised and our heart is hurting, we're vulnerable. There was a gospel female singer years ago who committed immorality. She was asked why. She said, my heart was destroyed. I was beat down, unloved, and unwanted. End quote. And that's not atypical. That is typical. There are seasons of life where things aren't going to go your way. Your wife may not treat you like you want to be treated. Your husband may not value you like you want to be valued. And your heart is hurting. Your business goes in reverse. Things happen. You feel small. You feel sick. You feel vulnerable. And somebody comes along and inflates that hurting heart. Affirms you. Speaks to you in ways that are affirming. Boy, you're pretty. You're nice. You're a good listener. And you look nice today. 
a whole series of things that are meant to build you up. And what I want to illuminate for you is, is the potential that that building up is a tool to tear you down, to take advantage of you. You hear that in Jude, verse 16. There are grumblers finding fault, following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, talking about pious religious leaders who flatter people for the sake of gaining an advantage. And really, that's what pornography does. It's an illusion. It's all designed to make you feel like you're wanted. Hungry people eat. Unwanted people seek affirmation. So here's my encouragement to you. When your ego is bruised and your heart is hurting, get help for it. Strengthen your self-worth in the Savior. Find value in valid ways. Get help for your hurting heart. Find healing for your hurts. Get with a counselor. Get with a friend. Recognize your value is not defined by your circumstances, even if it's not validated by someone who should love you and care for you and made promises to you. Your value is defined by what God thinks of you. Child of God, creation of God, you can't get more valuable than that. Listen, I want you to think that I did something helpful for you this weekend. But my value is not defined by what you think. It cannot be. If John chases that, your applause on a Sunday, when you don't applaud, he's going to be in trouble. Life will look like this. My wife treats me good. My husband affirms me and values me. You'll be like this. This indicator of flattery is meant to say you're vulnerable when your ego is depreciated and your ego is depreciated when you find your value in things that aren't stable, valid. If John MacArthur says, Harry, you're a great preacher and you come up afterwards and say, you're not so hot. Well, certainly I would like you to say that was helpful to me. But if my favorite preacher says I can preach, I'm okay with you thinking I can't. I use that illustration to say if God says you're okay, somebody else says you're not so okay, you can live with that. Find value in valid ways. Why do good people do bad things? They're exposed by their ego. Number 10, they are inclined to impulsiveness. Why do good people do bad things? They're inclined to be impulsive. They're not restrained. And what I mean by that, verse 22, suddenly he follows her. The word suddenly is in the blink of an eye. He makes a sudden decision, a quick decision. He makes a heat of the moment decision. There's no restraint. There's no resistance. Verse 25, do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. The whole idea is exercise discipline. Don't let it happen. Be resolved. Don't make an instant decision. Morally immature people don't dominate their desires. They suddenly give in to them. You know the... You know the word buffet can be translated buffet. I'm good at buffeting. I'm not good at buffeting. Buffet your body, make it your slave. Here's a little thing to keep in mind. Learn to say no when you can say yes. Tell yourself, no, I'm not going to have another helping even though I could. 
Learn to train your body. Make it your slave. I'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. Buffet means I dominate my body. And part of the way you dominate it is you deny it what it wants when it wants it. That's why fasting is so helpful. It's not just a spiritual exercise. It's a training exercise to control your, your appetites. Learn to say no when you can say yes. And the scripture is say yes to the word of God so you can say no. Say yes before you have to say no to the scripture. Say no when you can say yes to your appetites. Delay your decision. Fast to build self-control. Interrupt your impulsiveness. Walk away. You know the car buying thing? If you're getting pressure put on you, walk away. Don't give in to the impulse. All right, finally, number 11. Why do good people do bad things? They're convinced they won't get caught. 74% of the people surveyed in Women's Day magazine in 2016 said, I would if I could, if I knew I wouldn't get caught. Accountability is not at home in this passage, verses 19 and 20. The husband's not at home. Count on getting caught. God is not mocked. We hinted at that earlier. Consider the cost. Let me just read the rest of the passage, verse 23 or verse 22. Suddenly he follows her and an ox goes to the slaughter as one in fetters to the discipline of a fool until an arrow pierces through his liver as a bird hastens to the snare. He does not know it will cost him his life. Count on getting caught and count the cost of getting caught. Good people who do bad things are blinded to the impact of those things. No person would honestly look at these outworking realities, this pain in my spouse, this ruining of my reputation, this destroying of my home, my children that don't look at me the same, the people that I've taught that think differently of me, all of those accumulated realities that will come to bear on my life if I make this choice, count on that happening. It'll protect you because it is reality. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. I was watching uh, several years ago now. I was flipping channels and there was a broadcast out of Spain. It was a bullfight. I'd never seen a bullfight on TV. The place was packed. The Banner at the top says, world's greatest matador. You can Google it later. Jose Cabero. Jose Cabero is in this massive arena, thousands of people doing what matadors do. Choreographed art. The bull would charge. He would do what he does with all the elegance of the world's greatest matador. And then over a season of time, he would prepare that bull for the final death blow which he delivered and that massive beast went down on the ground the place went crazy and the world's greatest matador and I saw this is doing this as the crowd is responding in victorious glee and while he was doing this the camera caught the bull that had gone down getting to its feet 
And the bull that was down got up. And the bull that got up took those massive horns and impaled the world's greatest matador all the way through. Shook him and then ejected him. Jose Cabero died in that arena that night. He died in that arena because he was doing this instead of watching that. I've never forgotten that. Keep your arms down, your head up. Don't think it can't happen to you. If it happened to all these others, it can happen to me too. Father, thank you for the time this morning and now early afternoon. Thank you for the opportunity to think about something that none of us intend to do, but very well may do, absent some resolutions of heart and life tools that will protect us, decisions made in advance that will insulate us from tragic consequences. Lord, nobody has to go far to validate the realities of what we've just talked about. Help us to be safe and faithful. Help us to cleave in unrivaled trust, loyalty and fidelity. And Lord, for the person here that may have already fumbled this ball, I pray that you would remind them that the gospel can restore what is broken, that lives can be transformed, that violated trust can be restored over time through the gospel and the work it produces. Lord, I pray for the hope of the gospel, the help of heaven to restore brokenness and to prevent tragic loss. That's my prayer. Help us to cleave. In Jesus' name, amen.